Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears, with my co-host, Luca Alex. And a few drills. <laughs> yeah, and a few drills in the background, because we're under construction for movie sets here. Yes, yes, yes. So we're going to just make sure that our mics are as loud as they can be, Aww. while we introduce our guest for today, who is Sue Dumay. Essential Conversations. Oh, and I need to turn that off. Sorry about that. Um, Luca, you know Sue from A Connection in the Past, so I'm going to pass it over to you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sue and I go way back in our networking around the city and um, I think the first time I met you Sue you were doing a talk for the women of worth uh, group um, here in Vancouver and so you were in full presentation mode um, and it was great it was like ah here's a here's an interesting person and then since then I've met you in all kinds of different capacities around town and different networking that we've done but um, I you came up on my radar again just recently because you've just written a book and it's just hot off the presses right now so maybe that's mm. first of all welcome to the show it's great to have you here and maybe that's a place we want to start is with your latest book yeah, happy to start there. I'm I'm grateful to be here. I'm I'm excited. I I love being in the studio and, and joining with people that are really passionate about their shows and and I know you both are. So I'm grateful mm. to be here. Wonderful. So my book, yeah. I don't. What do you want to know about it? It's a, it's one of those books where it. Um, the now, this is not your first book, right? No, it's my no. fifth book actually. Yes. And uh, this one was written completely backwards, upside down, and I had no idea what I was writing half the time. <laughs> So it's uh, one of those, like, push you out of bed at 3 or 4 in the morning and open the channel, and it came out. So half the time, it came out in sound bites, which became the little chapters, and it was kind of a surprise for me, just as much as <laughs> anybody who reads it. But it's my favorite book I've written so far. So this book is called... Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, A 30-Day Guide to Navigate Life When the Shift Hits the Fan. <laughs> so, I know what I call the shift, but what does, when, when you were giving it that subtitle, because I think the subtitle really t further explains the title, mm -hmm. what do you mean by the shift? The shift for me is is what's happening on every level, everywhere, all together, all at once right now. Everybody's feeling it. And those that are kind of going with the shift that's happening on a planetary level are challenged. And those that are not going along with it are even more challenged. And this book is really about helping people shift their perspectives, see things differently, have a, a different view of what's going on in the world so that you can actually feel like you can be part of the solution and part of the shift and change mm -hmm. instead of feeling helpless. So I know about you that you don't write about anything that you are not personally invested in. Yes. And and so I know that you are going through this shift in a conscious way. Um, and, and I'm sure the book pushed you to do that even more because you can't write about it without really being involved in it. So h how did this, how did the book work you? Because I know books always do, mm -hmm. but I'm sure that this one did especially. I mean, already it's shifting you by having you write in a different way than you 
perhaps would normally have written. Mm-hmm. I definitely it kept. I think I was kept in the dark mostly because then I couldn't actually bring in most of my own resistance to it. And sometimes some of the chapters coming in, I would get a glimpse in meditation of what I was to write about, and I'd be like, "No, don't make me do it. <laughs> like, no, not that topic, or no, I don't want to go there." And it, so, yeah, it was very therapeutic and healing for me at mm. the same time. So what it, what it really was about was as much as I am out in the world and writing books and speaking on stages and stuff, I still felt on some level I was playing it safe, uh, playing it small to some degree. And I know that I'm being called to step up. and To stand up. To stand, to stand up, out. stand out, stand <laughs> strong. Yeah. And a lot of us are. So that this book has been a catalyst for me to do that. And, and in a different way, in, in a more like controversial topic kind of way which scared me for the longest time because my one of my biggest fears has been the fear of judgment. So mm-hmm. this book is talking about like judgment, how to shift from judgment, how to understand judgment, how to sh- how to actually change our relationship with judgment and then shift us into love. Um, so it's a really powerful journey over 30 days and it's the journey that I've gone through myself. And it's, it is not by accident that we're listening to construction sounds in the background. I know. Right? This yeah. is very <laughs> so much what this is all about. Yeah. yeah. So we're just going to yeah. accept that as part of the poetic, you know, alignment of things, even though it's, you know, for our listeners. Yeah. Maybe it's a little distracting. But then this is what happens is we think we're going along. We've got our plan. We're doing our thing. And our... Construction, reconstruction, deconstruction of our soul, of our minds, of the life around us. Of our That's hearts. when the shift hits yeah, the fan, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's in it, what the whole book is about, and what my message is about, really, what I'm speaking about right now is how to unprogram, unlearn, unwind, undo, renovate, and literally, like, in in some cases, in most cases, actually obliterate the foundation you've been standing on. So you're you don't you kind of feel a little shaky, and it's disorienting. However, the fa- the new foundation that you lay is is so much more solid, and and it will actually carry us through all the challenges that are coming at us on uh, in every direction right now. Right, we're seeing it all over the place, and it it gives us a solid foundation, more of a solid foundation than we've ever had. So, one of the things that I know from having met up with you over and over again over the years is that we both work very much in the realm of energy and spirit and um, the new dynamics that are coming about, perhaps not new, they may be you know, ancient, but mm-hmm. definitely new for us now. Um, and so, so you're talking about this, and I know that for me, this has been coming for oh, yes. years, We've right? Been preparing it for and for and I'm and I've been getting so dissatisfied with the stand that the the, the the ground that I'm standing on and the foundation blocks and I've been questioning everything and so I, I'm curious to know if you found the same thing that I've been finding around um, that that the information that you sort of channeled for the book um, did that kind of clarify what you were already going through? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and and more. So it's it's for me it's it's like unraveling everything that was no longer serving <clears throat> and then opening up to a whole other realm of possibility and potential and like one of the chapters in the book is I know nothing about anything 
And I love that one. It's my favorite one. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have to know anything anymore. It's just like, I know nothing about yeah. anything. And it's so freeing because really if I'm, if I can just be that clear channel, mm -hmm. every message, every word, every, all the energy, everything that anybody needs around me and me included, everything's given. And mm -hmm. that's such freedom, such freedom. And, and we mm -hmm. can all do that. And if you channel and you heal the way we both do, um, that, that that's a place that I'm striving to get to all the time, and I'm sure you are as well. It, but this is like this is the mega level of it, right? Mm -hmm. This yes. is like saying I I actually know nothing. nothing. I, I don't not just I don't have to have preconceived ideas, but I don't I don't I need to in order to do it. Yeah, I cannot yes. have them yeah. anymore. That's yeah. the difference. Is yes. I don't have to. I can't have them anymore because yeah. it, it gets we in have the way, to. Right? It does. It's, mm -hmm. It acts as a filter. So then I'm not able to actually allow the message to come through without some form of filter. That's the undoing of the mind. That's the unwinding. And I have to say, this goes so contrary to so much of what the last number of generations have been holding as goals for living, for, for what we consider wisdom. We, we hoard knowledge with the idea that it is something permanent, that it is something unchangeable, that it is something that will address all of the needs. And, and will keep us safe, right? And it's yet, a safety mechanism. Yeah. And, and, you know, how many degrees, how many, all of this, you know, all of our credentials. <laughs> um, and, and yet I'm thinking about how many times when perhaps I, I've heard this from many elders... You come out the other end to the space you're speaking. I know nothing about anything. And there's a, but there's a, as you said, such a peace. Mm -hmm. And, and there's actually so much confidence that we can feel that we want to place a trust that we want to place in people who are in that space because there's somehow, even without knowing, we can see them standing stronger than we may feel with all of our knowledge, with all of our, those yeah. credentials, all those, those ribbons and things we stuck on our wall representations of our knowledge that we've yeah, hoarded. <laughs> absolutely. I, th I think we've really confused knowledge with knowing. Yeah. And it's very mm -hmm. different. So mm -hmm. there's this knowledge. Our mind thinks it knows, but our heart knows. Mm -hmm. Our soul knows. Yeah. Our spirit yeah. knows. Yeah. And it's a knowing that goes beyond the, the mind completely. It goes beyond any limitations of our human mind. Mm -hmm. And that's that knowing that we're all tapping into. But even in that knowing, we can't grasp onto that either. It's like our mm -hmm. truths, our truth with a tap, capital T will change and shift and evolve. So truths that I was speaking before are no longer true for me. Doesn't mean they're not true for other people because it's a phase or a process we're in. Yeah. But we can let those truths go when we don't have any attachment and we, we, we shift back into I know nothing about anything. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is what's in front of me, but I still know nothing. Ugh. So for anybody out there who's joining us right now, if you've just stepped back into your car and you're wondering who we're talking to, this is Essential Conversations, and we're talking to Sue Dumay, global impact visionary leader, healer, and author of Stand Up, Stand Out, and Stand Strong. Not and. There's no stand, there's no and in the stand strong part. Um, and we're, we're, um, we're talking about her latest book and, and um, how, that, how that turns us inside out when we write a book. Um, and 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 what it's doing and how it's how it's shifting how we look at things. So interesting to me that you're talking about this idea of freedom, um, but it's a freedom, it's a freedom that, as you just said, is changing, is shifting all the time. Um, and I, I'm fascinated by this idea of time. 
and how um, so much of what we're shifting out of is time and space limited. And what we're shifting into, and I'd be interested to hear what you what you think about this and what you're feeling about it, but that I'm feeling like what we're what we're shifting into is not about time and space. So something that can be a truth with a capital T, as you were just saying, um, it isn't just that it changes, but that it's different if you move around and look at it from a different vantage point. It's it's the perspective for sure. Yeah. So when you're sitting in it and you have an attachment to time or a belief about time or a definition of time, then you're limited by that. Yeah. Where, whereas, again, if you go back into I know nothing about anything, <laughs> and then, including you know, time and space, including right? time and space, yeah. then then there's this this glorious force that can actually work through you. And I've had moments where literally I've 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 had five hours go by and it felt like five minutes, like yeah, it was just like this this frame, or even the opposite, where I've like it felt like oh it must have taken me five hours to do that. It was like literally five minutes. So there's these like times where I feel like moments where time stands still and and that was my experience and I know that that is totally possible although in our minds we're taught that it's not mm-hmm. so that's where we just have to really let go of yeah. everything that we think we know so that we can really open up to to other possibilities and you mentioned judgment mm-hmm. because I think that we have we tend to have judgments of ourselves right and and especially if we're moving out of one way of looking at things into another way of looking at things the the old system was very um binary so it was about opposites um truth and falsehood and up and down and um inside and outside and belonging and not belonging and all of those kinds of things is very much not that way when you move into a new way of looking at things. How did that judgment piece challenge you as you were putting it down in your book and and having and 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 trying to live it differently? Mm-hmm. I've I've been wa- I've been working on undoing my judgment for a long time. <laughs> it's been like a decade, more than a decade. It feels like two decades or more, and it's really interesting. So the the guidance that came in around judgment was every. All fear is based on judgment. I was like, oh, let me sit with that. So then I sat with that for a while. And then I got, and then I was just seeing like every thought is a judgment because it's filtered through our mind and our mind is programmed to judge. We're born natural observers. We're programmed to judge. So when we actually can step out of that judgment, that tendency for our mind to do that and shift into being a natural observer, we can actually witness the world without putting a label on something or without judging something as right or wrong or good or bad or, or up or down or whatever. It's just like an observation. Or so must or shouldn't. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. So there's this real beautiful peace that comes and this openness that connects us all. When we can actually eliminate judgment, it connects us all on a level that we can't be connected to with judgment. So for me, judgment is, is a key, like a big, big key, a big piece of the puzzle. And if we could all shift our own judgments, we could actually change the whole world. If, if every single person, if every single person stopped judging, the whole world would instantly heal and change. It would be like brilliant. It's amazing, isn't yeah. it? And I don't know about you, but, but I am worse, my own worst judge. Oh, I used I, like to be, I judge oh, myself yes. more than I judge other people. 
Yes. Um, That's pretty standard, but the yeah. more, I mean, we, we also are probably from the time we're young, especially if we're inheriting these patterns from what we witness with our parents or society around us, when we exercise not judging the people outside of us, because we're very quick to form those thoughts, as you were saying, right? Those, all of these, especially anything based on fear, right? Or all fear is based on judgment. The more we exercise that muscle, the more it becomes easier to exercise it on ourselves. The more we exercise being an observer of what is happening around us without stepping into that binary of, right, wrong, good, bad, up, down, just note, just just observing it. Yeah, it's like a muscle that then we can start using on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, yeah, it is hard on The ourselves. key with it, so w- when you look at like the judgment towards others and judgment towards self, it's the same actually. It's the same thing, yes. Because when you judge someone else, you're projecting your own judgments. Mm-hmm. So that's the key. If we can actually, if we hear a, ourselves judging another, whether it's just like whatever they're you know if you have a comment about what they're wearing or why they're doing that it's like whatever your judgment is turn that judgment around and bring it back into yourself because on some level if you one of the chapters is if you can see it in them you it it all starts in here right as within so without yeah it must be in you so to be able to turn it around and go okay how do how is that true for me what part of me feels that way then you can actually bring the judgment back in and take ownership of it and then we can actually clear it Mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's such a have automatic programming that it takes a lot of awareness and, and conscious energy to change and shift. So I'm really curious. I know you're married. Mm-hmm. And I know that when we go on these journeys of self-discovery and self-development, that um, we have no control over whether or not anybody else in our life does the same. Um, so h- how have you found it to, to do this, to channel this information? What happens to it once you get it into your life, into your house? What happens in your family and in your circle of friends as you, as you bring this information in? Well, I'm constantly changing and shifting. So those that are in my life and close to me know that. <laughs> so they embrace it or they're not really in my life so much anymore because yeah, it's yeah. just I this is who I am. It's 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 like so natural for me. <laughs> like I feel like I'm a shapeshifter, like I'm just constantly evolving. And my husband knew that when he met me and he said the other day we were talking about him like oh something was happening I'm like it's just like it's shaking me to the core and he's like you do that to me every day of my life and I'm like yes, I now do. you I, know I what rattle, it feels like I rattle yeah. his his core and, and in a good way right yeah. so I pu- I push him in a in a loving way to kind of expand his mind and and heart and and he I really believe that his sole purpose is really to be that solid standing beside me support. And just giving me permission, just be you, be all of you. I love all of you and just go and do that. And I love that. I, I've never had that, that such a such a supportive person in my life that just will take all of me no matter what. Even the good, bad, and the ugly. Like even the ugly cries. He's just right there. Yes. And, and with my kids too, you know, you don't always realize the influence you have because I'm just being the way I'm being. And I don't always realize how it's impacting them and every once in a while they'll say something and I'm just like wow did I did I did they actually like get that from me did they learn that from me and are they am I am I a symbol of that for them and it kind of it blows my mind still it's like humbling, I'm in awe isn't it? of it yeah it's like wow okay they're really getting it even though I don't always think they are and yeah. so I love that I my family is so accepting of me and at the same time 
my husband and even my son, like they have different beliefs. Like I don't, he said to me the other day, I don't believe in God. I'm like, that's okay. What do you believe in? I don't know. I'm like, okay, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And um, before my, my husband and I were sitting there, my son's like, mom, do you believe in ghosts? I'm like, yeah, I talk to them all the time. And then my husband's like, I don't believe in ghosts. And But we have like such respect and love for each other that we both can just have different opinions and, and it's all welcome in our home. So it, it wasn't always that way. There was a time where I actually was afraid to bring all of me home. Hmm. And that's when my husband had our, our kind of breakthrough in our relationship. So I'm like, I just need to be me. He's like, that's all I want you to do. I'm like, oh, phew. I remember you talking yeah, about that. Yeah, it was like big relief. And But that was just my choice. It was just to, to actually give myself permission. I didn't need his permission, really. <laughs> in the no. end, yeah, in the end, it comes down to that, right? But we mm-hmm. somehow were so good at externalizing that, waiting for that permission to be given to us. We've been talking a lot about where you are right now, but I'm curious about where does this all start from? Mm-hmm. Good question. <laughs> it all started way back in whatever date. I don't need to put the date. I keep telling my son I'm 29 again. So... When I was a kid, I actually was very shy. I was my I, I was called Squeak. That was my nickname. Yeah, so you wouldn't <laughs> guess that when I'm standing on stage because I love being on stage. Now I love talking, but I was I was very very shy. And the reason I was is because that external world was all internally chaotic, painful, a lot of suffering. So I could feel f- the physical pain of other people in the room. I could feel their emotional pain. So when and I could feel the discord between what someone was saying and what was behind what they were saying. So I could feel like the lies and the the the, the discord and and it was just really challenging for me to be living and breathing in this world for a long, long time. And what I thought for the longest time was a curse, I actually recognize now as a gift. But for a long time, I was actually trying to numb it out, trying to to drink it away, trying to do anything and everything I can to disconnect from it, and uh, nothing worked. <laughs> until <laughs> one day, to say, yeah, until, until one day I woke up and said, "Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. There's got to be. This has got to be." I actually had this huge moment working with a client, with a friend of mine, um, where I just, I literally felt like I just, rem- I put my hand and I just removed her pain in this energy healing session and it wasn't even an energy healing session I was just with her and uh, she's like it's gone her eyes popped open I'm like what do you mean it's gone she goes it's gone what did you do and I'm like I don't know what I did (laughs) "Um, let me see Uh, and that was it I was just like oh my god this is such a gift so everything shifted but the whole time in my life the one thing that was constant was a calling in my heart to save the world and that became my heaviest burden at some point. It's a and big calling. It was a big, big calling. And that included all the animals, like everybody. We're not talking about like just one or two, like everything. But the thing that came out through in the book, like in the beginning, I talk about saving the world in the way that it has influenced me and how it's impacted me in my life. But I actually got to the point at the end of the book where that all shifted for me. And I can actually say... My, my one of my, my reasons I'm here is to save the world, is to shift and heal the world. And I'm so clear about that now. It doesn't have the burden. It doesn't have the responsibility. It doesn't have the heaviness and the fear behind it. I feel just so clear that I'm, I'm one of those impact visionary leaders that are just meant to make a big, big shift. So here I am. Here you are. And you don't know anything, so you don't know how that's going to come about anymore. Exactly. 
my my recent mantra that what I've been kind of embracing is I don't know what the future holds I only know what this moment holds and in this moment I feel or I'm whatever it is yes that's the only thing that keeps me it's related to I know nothing about anything right so all I can be is here right now yes (laughs) yeah yeah and you could go to sleep tonight and have another dream or wake up at four o'clock in the morning with another piece that needs to be written and it could shift Uh, everything again exactly right Mm -hmm. what I see is that it's things are shifting quickly very um you were talking about the people who um, are aware of this are feeling discomfort and the ones who aren't aware are feeling even more discomfort. Um, how are you seeing that coming about in the world right now? Well, there's a lot of people, like there's a bit of a mass exodus happening. There's people committing suicide. There's people mm. having accidents and illnesses and things like that. It's just it's show, the resistance is so strong at showing up in those ways. I believe some of those people are actually meant to, to move on. It's their time and their life has been maximized. But at the same time, I believe that some of them are just coming to a point where they just can't handle it. They just can't take anymore. So they're, they're leaving in a variety of ways and and then there's people that are just like groups and people and uh, coming together and just there's this unity happening in these pockets and i'm seeing these pockets of unity which on a on a surface level actually look like separation so you have you know black women coming together but then are what the white women are like but what about us and like but they need to unite they need to stand strong together and so these pockets of unity are actually happening and i'm seeing this beautiful synergy that will create this overall unity in humanity but in the beginning we need to allow these pockets to happen because as these pockets are happening it's actually waking up the collective wound in the pockets of the other groups and that's important because nothing can be hidden anymore everything's coming to the surface so it's causing a lot of people to really come out of hiding it's exposing things that have been hidden for a long time, whether they want it to or not. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way we can actually heal it. All of it has to come into the light. All of it. Mm. No exceptions. And that's what's happening right now. So a lot of people's lives are falling apart. A lot of people are being called out on their stuff. And it's it's a big, big shaking. But, you know, the universe is doing the shaking. So. Yeah. We got two songs from you today. Which one do you feel is most apropos for this moment right now? Mm. Gravity or Heal? I want to say Heal, but I'm feeling Gravity. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's, um, would you like to tell us before we play this or after why you chose this as one of your songs for today? This song, Gravity, is, is a piece that came in when I did a, a healing session. I received a healing session at one point where I was just, I was so locked up in my solar plexus that that ego of like, no, like, give me, the, don't make me give up this last 10%. I just, can I just hold on to this piece? And it's fine, right? Just let me. And you got everything else. Yeah, just exactly. This one like, you got my whole life. Just leave me with this little piece. <laughs> I don't even think it's ten percent. It's maybe three or four. But it was like I was hanging on for dear life. <laughs> and I had this huge release in this session, and I I got to this point where I literally was like, <gasps> took this deep breath, and I felt like I was lifted up and out of my body. And this freedom I felt, this energy and this expansion, I was just like, okay, this is what I've been afraid of, but why be afraid of it? And this song came in uh, my awareness, and I I started listening to it, and it just captured that moment so beautifully. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a moment here. We're going to listen to Gravity, which is by Brian and Jen Johnson, and then we're going to rejoin Sue Dumais here in the studio and explore more. 
petty things Losing sight of what matters to you But then you come and take me by the hand You say come up here with me ground you lifted me above the clouds as I look down the whole world seems so small past the stars for space and time and I forget what's left behind as I'm surrounded by this grander thing You're listening to CJSF 90.1 FM, Burnaby. 
We respectfully acknowledge that we broadcast on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Squamish, the Musqueam, and the Tsleil-Waututh. We take time to acknowledge that what that means is that we this land was not ceded, it was not given to the government, there were no treaties signed, but we are here as settlers, and we would like to thank them for being for welcoming us onto their land. We are here with Sue DeMay, who is the global impact visionary, the um, leader, the healer and author of Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, a 30-day guide to navigating life when the shift hits the fan. And we just listened to Gravity by Brian and Jen Johnson, and that was very peaceful. Mm. That was really centering, which gravity tends to do, doesn't it? (laughs) So some of the show and tell that you've brought us today are your malas, and you're wearing them, but I've got a picture to send out for them. Why are they part of your show and tell? Tell us about that. Well, I've I've actually made both of them, and the the one the ruksha beads actually came from Bali. So I went to Bali and I wore this one in particular through all all th- I went through different healers and we went to um, the holy w- one place where they had holy water. So you basically bathe in holy water. So these ones have been blessed over and over again. And then I put the cross at the bottom because I was raised Catholic, but I'm, I'm actually an ordained ministerial counselor now. So I'm Reverend Sue Dumay, which is kind of fun. Mm. Um, the year that I went through the ordination course was one of the most powerful experiences for me because it was a process of unwinding and unprogramming all of the religious beliefs I had growing up. So I was raised religious but I didn't practice I wasn't I wasn't I didn't believe in it I was like kind of confused by it it was like you're saying one thing but you're doing another so this for me is a symbol of my spirituality and and my renewed relationship with my source or my god and that that is just very grounding and centering for me and then the other one the pendant on the end is hold your light and that's one of my heart-led living principles and that's me standing in all of my being and being my full expression of self here in this world and then inspiring others to do the same. So I wear them every day and I actually, each time I put them on, I I do a blessing for my community and for my clients and they're really a symbol of just uh, my spirituality and my relationship with my higher self. So it's a it's a reminder, right? It is a reminder. It's a ritual of Mm -hmm. putting them on every day is... Mm -hmm. Um, almost a blessing of yourself. It is. And yeah. your purpose. It's me saying yes to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can mm-hmm. feel the mm-hmm. the weight of that, not the heaviness of it, but the gravitas, the... Um, the purposefulness of it, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking also what it, how wonderful it would be to have somebody like you um, doing... Um, what we consider our ritual um, services, like getting married and things like mm. that. Um, do you do you do that first of all? Um, is I haven't. That, is I that haven't a done part any weddings. You do? I'm, I'm, I would be able to. Yes. If if that was guided, yeah. I haven't done any weddings. What I'm really drawn to is actually the more the transition from from life back to spirit. Yeah. So at the end of life transition I my I feel like a real support there coming in for me because I I hold a different perspective of death than most people so I think I could really comfort people but also help them clear their leftovers and and all the stuff that they have unsaid unsettled so that they kind of can transition with this okay I've done I've, I've completed here 
-hmm. they can move on. And so it's more like funerals or end-of-life transition I'd be more drawn to. Do, at what point in that process do you have the opportunity to come in? Or would you even like the opportunity to come in? Because I'm thinking that a lot of people have things they need to say to one another before they die, mm-hmm. especially if they know that the death is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you have a, a disease where you you know it's only a certain amount of time down the road um, before you won't be there anymore. That That is such a, a rare opportunity to consciously heal or let go or whatever. Do you get the opportunity to come in at that stage? I can come in at any stage, really, in, 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 any, in any given moment, like even after the diagnosis or at the mm. end of the diagnosis. It's, it, really what it is is what, what, when do they call me? <laughs> when do they feel that calling for, for someone to help facilitate that? Mm. And the conversations are challenging because there's so much history without sometimes a facilitator. So for me to come in as a neutral facilitator to be able to help them say, both parties help them say what they need to say in the way that can be most heard by the other person, that that's such a gift. And I do that a lot with couples. I do radical honesty practice and I, I help facilitate that for them and then they go off and do their practice. It's, it's our ability to actually, one, identify what we need, and then, two, how do we say it? How do we articulate it? How do we communicate that? And at, at any time in, in, in any person's life, I think mm-hmm. we can all benefit from that. Well, because there's little deaths all the way through life, right? Oh, absolutely. Right? Every time we transition, we're letting go of something old and, and then going across a bridge of sorts and then engaging in something new. Yeah, a rebirth, um, lots of rebirth. So what is your philosophy about death? It's just How a transition. It? It's just yeah. a transition, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I get that on a human level, there's a, a loss of the physical connection with that person. Mm-hmm. But but there's an evolution of the relationship. So there's a different relationship. I, I work with a lot of people and help them find peace because many times their loved ones actually have messages for them. Or le- a lot of times they actually want to become their guardian angel but they can't take that position until they get permission because sometimes there's such a block and they don't want that connection they don't realize it the person that's left mm-hmm. behind doesn't realize it so to to bridge the physical with the non-physical is is such an honor for me it's such a privilege to be able to to create that connection and and renew the relationship so for me it's a transition it's an evolution we we you know, leave the physical body behind, but our our spirit lives on and and continues to do the work. Whether we come back in another body or as an animal or whatever, I you know that's that's possibility. I don't think there's any limits. I don't think anything is out. I don't think I believe nothing is impossible. Actually, because you know we don't know anything. we don't know anything about anything, <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah, <laughs> but I do know the transition from from spirit to physical form is is more challenging than the transition to leave the body so our Mm -hmm. our death transition is actually really simple it's like bloop and most people have a really easy time leaving it's the spirit babies coming in to physical form that it's more challenging so i love doing that work too is helping mothers connect and fathers connect with the babies that they're meant to have and the messages that, that the babies come in with and what they need to come in is often very unique and and um I love I love doing that work too, but it's it's so kind of like supporting them through that 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 physical birth, but then also tell me more about that. So what what mm-hmm. are the challenges for coming in? What the, that you're referring to or the unique for spare babies? Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes they need they need something to shift within the relationship. 
they sometimes need like more of a connection like you know they're meant to wait until there's more of a connection between the couples so sometimes there's work that they need to do individually or collectively as a couple there was one actually well several clients that actually I got we, we kept getting the message that, that, that they were the mother, but the, the person they were with was not the father that the baby chose. So, which just pointed to how's your relationship? Let's look at your relationship. The baby's not going to actually fix your relationship, so let's look at the relationship. So, instead of focusing on, you know, having a child and getting pregnant, we actually focused on the relationship. And what came through is they realized that it was maximized and it was meant to dissolve. Mm-hmm. So, then... They ended up, every one of them that have had that relationship let go, they met someone fairly quickly and they just knew. And next thing you know, they have no problem getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things happen. I've had some weird messages from from spirit babies. They're actually quite, you know, they have their own personalities and they're actually quite funny and cute and, and playful. And some of them are shy. So they all have their own little things. But, you know, some something as silly as, you know, little words that they need, like symbols of, playfulness and that sort of thing they need their parents maybe just to invite them in and make them feel safe you know it's, it's very different yeah it's a neat I love doing it it's very fun it's a really another way of looking at things isn't it mm-hmm. when we talk about different perspectives this yes. is another perspective another lens yes and that once we shift into that other lens um, possibilities become um, obvious almost that we couldn't see before yeah right so for anybody um, just joining us now, we're talking to Sue Dumay, Global Impact Visionary Leader, healer and author of Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, um, a 30-day guide to navigating life when the shift hits the fan. I have to say that very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> we got certain constraints with radio. Yes. Um, I want to check in with you about one of your other show-and-tell items. So you have a picture of you with one of your horses, with Samson. Mm-hmm. Tell us Samson, you oh, he's, he is a love bug. I, <laughs> I just, I love him. He's such a great horse. And uh, he's a Belgian draft horse cross, so he's really big. big. And he's got big, massive hooves and so in, in usually intimidating, but he's actually such a gentle giant. And then we have another horse, Lori, who's a Belgian draft horse as well. But she's much, she's bigger and uh, not as a lovey-dovey, although she will give me kisses if I, if I bribe her with apples. So it's, it's one of those things. But for me, the animals are, are my, I just thought of this the other day too, came into my meditation is just that I love when, when nature says hello. I love when nature says hello. So, like, even a butterfly stopping and fluttering in front of me when we walk down our driveway. So our barn is about a quarter mile from our from where, where our house is. So we walk down the driveway, and there's this little hummingbird or two two or three hummingbirds often on the on the line, and they'll they'll zip down and then they'll zip back up and then they'll sit on the line and then we get closer and they zip down and they zip back up. So that's just the it's way pretty to clear say they're hello. checking in with you. Yes. Yeah. So animals are one of those, you know centering points for me it, it reminds me that we're all one it's that that experience of oneness that I have and and we have you know I talk about you know we live on a farm but it feels like a zoo because we have three dogs and three cats and my daughter has a snake and you know we've got the horses and there's cows on the property because we share the property with others and there's goats so it's the chickens like it's just <laughs> it's such a fun fun place to be and it reminds me every day of just how connected we are to nature mm-hmm. and there was deers the other day on on the property i saw a buck for the first time they usually don't come on it's oh, usually wow. the does 
Um, my dog, my bigger dog, tends to try and chase them, but. And it is a community, right? The it animals is. all see one yeah, another yeah, as community. Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we it's like, what do you mean you can't run after in. them? It's just, we're just having fun. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so we have one more song to play for you today, too. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us before we listen to this or after why you chose it? Let's go with after this one. Okay, so we're going to take a listen to Tom O'Dell's Heel, and we will be right back with Sudame in the studio in just a few minutes. are listening to 90.1 CJSF. Welcome back to Essential Conversations with your hosts Rebecca and Luca. We are here with Sue Dumay, who is the Global Impact Visionary Leader. She is a healer and an author of 
The, her most recent book, Stand Up, Stand Out, Stand Strong, A 30-Day Guide to Navigating Life When the Shift Hits the Fan. We just took a listen to Tom O'Dell uh, with the song Heal. Uh, and anybody who's listening to us, if you would like to track some of the sound bites, the songs, the pictures that we have um, been tweeting out along the li- along the way as we've been talking about them, you can come and find us on Twitter at EssentialConv. That's spelled Essence, T-I-A-L-C-O-N-V. Um, Sue, you said that you would tell us about why you chose Tom O'Dell's song Heal afterwards. So over to you. I feel that song, well, just in the title, Heal, right? So it's when I listen to that song, it's like I just feel it really deep in my body and it kind of brings to the surface emotions that need to rise and be felt. So for me, it's a very emotional song. Mm-hmm. It's like when you know you need to cry, you know, you watch a, cry, a sad movie. It's kind of one of those songs that really touch me that way. Yeah. And it's interesting because kind of going to it overall of these the years that I have been, it's like I, there's the space between needing it now is so much greater that mm. that it's it's kind of mm. just shown me like how far I've come. Sort of a gauge, right? Yeah. 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 But it's a beautiful song and I, th- I think that, you know, a lot of people can, can relate to it and... We all need a safe space to cry. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I can see how a song can create that. Mm -hmm. I've I've got a couple of those where especially certain kind of, yeah, life events where Mm -hmm. it will enable me to go where I need to go and let it unburden myself through all of the tears and all of the whatever it is. It's like our subconscious and, and sometimes even our super conscious can direct us into a piece of art, a piece of music, a song, a poem, a a piece of uh, a a movie, whatever, that will allow us the emotional expression that we don't even know we need. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we can consciously go into it, but uh, but I have had also the experience of subconsciously being drawn to something that's going to give me exactly the release that I need to have as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are we're programmed not to allow our emotions, especially the negative emotions. So we're programmed like wipe your tears, you know, mm-hmm. don't well, what be we angry. think of as exactly. negative emotions, exactly, because right? yeah. that's that's our that's our judgment. Yeah. But emotions are just energy in motion. So if we actually recognize it as an energy that needs to move and have an expression, whether it's through tears or whether it's through punching a pillow or whether it's through, you know, screaming or whatever it is, then it's just it allows the energy to move up and out, and then we actually clear it. And then it's gone. And we never have to actually heal that layer again. That's the beautiful right. thing. Because the thing mm-hmm. is that if we don't do that, it doesn't go away. No, no it, it cycles. It's, it's waiting for yeah. the opportunity. And some of these emotions, they don't come in nicely labeled uh, packages where one one at a time. I mean, you can have the strands can be all tangled up together. One minute in grief, the next in rage, the next in shame, the next in Joy would be an unusual one to follow those, but I suppose it could, you it, know. It, 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 it does. does. Yeah, yeah. and that's when it's really crying and then start laughing. It's yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, especially when we're letting it move through. Yes. yes. And then it, it goes on and it creates space for the next one to name itself. And then te- we create the space for it to tell us what it's there to tell us. Or just have an expression. Sometimes there's no message for it. Yeah. Like sometimes it's just like it's just a sometimes release. you just need to cry, yeah. and we don't even know why. Good, let yeah. it cry. Let yeah. yourself you cry. St- yeah, don't just go looking for the understanding. <laughs> That's that is a very important message. Mm-hmm. Not knowing why it's there doesn't mean it is not there, or that it is doesn't have a valid need to out. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we've done all the work. 
Yeah, and but it's just for the, the letting leftover. go. Yeah. So this is just mm-hmm. the letting yeah. go part, yeah. right? Yeah. Clearing out yeah. the, the rest yeah. of the clutter. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's such a desire that we have even when we are we are awake, we want to continue growing, we want to f- stand up, stand strong, stand out into that shift and there's a perception that somehow being stalwart, being peaceful even through the chaos like this is the optimum way of being in it but it's not realistic like we can have that and it's it's never just that it's and Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the cycles it's the going through all the other things and and otherwise it becomes a face that we're putting on Mm -hmm. well i think a lot of people believe that awakening or being more conscious or being enlightened or whatever you want to call it is actually an easier path. It's not. It's actually <laughs> more it's it's mm-hmm. a destructive path. It actually breaks down everything. That's that that's what I'm talking about in this book. It's like we're we're rattling all of your beliefs and challenging everything at the core mm-hmm. of what you believe in order to shift your foundation. Yeah. We've just got a few minutes left and I want to be sure that you get a chance to tell everybody what's coming up for you and put a call out into the listenership to see if there's anybody you want to hear from and how they can get in touch with you. Well, I'd love for people to come visit me on my website. My website's heartledliving.com and heartledliving.com. And everything's there. We have I have a Heart Yes movement. I'm doing a 100-day meditation challenge right now. There's a lot of gifts and gems to be had there. I have a, my blog as well. So there's lots of opportunities there to connect with me, but also just to get some more of these messages and, and to help them navigate navigate their way through life. And as retreats start showing up and healing centers. Yeah, so the healing center is coming. Yeah, but I had just had like a picture of three retreats. So apparently there's three retreats coming in the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Exciting. Th- if people want to know more about those, they can find out there. Connecting with you yeah. that way is going to give them mm-hmm. um, a heads up when it all happens. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, my brain's gone. My <laughs> brain just farted. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. So thank you so much for joining us here in the studio today. It's been really lovely to get to know you. I didn't know you before we connected outside mm-hmm. the studio, and it's always a favorite thing to just gently pull back some layers here and um, it's really delightful to get to know one more person who's here to change the world and thank thank you for showing up with what you've got I appreciate it I really enjoyed the conversation Mm -hmm. I'm happy to be here Mm -hmm. we are change making yeah Luca do you have anything coming up that you want to let everybody know about Uh, I have a reading circle in East Vancouver on the 19th so if anybody's interested in that they can get in touch with me Um, and I'm heading out to Whitehorse Oh, um, the end of the month. So if anybody is in and around Whitehorse or knows somebody who is, I'll be doing private readings and perhaps a reading circle as well. So, And how about you? Uh, my group for former church, Christian cult members from the Worldwide Church of God is still growing and deepening. Mm, uh, if yeah. anybody grew up in the Worldwide Church of God and would like to connect to that, you can find us at the Place of Safety, a moderated space for... Uh, exploring the impacts of the WCG on Facebook. Fantastic. And in the meantime, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halleck's Power Sorcerer. And Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalleck's.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca. Yep, yep, yep. yep, yep. Oh, ah, 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 ah.
happy, 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 happ